As we're reading from his book, Minhaj al-Salikeen, فَمَنْ يُذَكِّرُنَا بِفَائِدَةٍ تَعَلَّمْنَاهَا قَبَلُوا تَعَلَّمْنَاهَا قَبَلُوا We can mention a benefit, Ikhwan, that we learned previously. That we learned previously. The recommendation as the person is coming into the, the laboratory, the bathroom, that he says Bismillah. And the recommendation of coming in the bathroom 
with one's left foot. Amen. Give us another benefit, inshallah. The rest of them, like go far away from people. And the other person for the one who wants to relieve himself, the one who wants to do number one or number two. That he or she, they go far away from the people. Adam and Sunnah Nabi, alayhi salatu alayhi salatu That's the Sunnah of the Messenger, alayhi salatu wassalam. Thalithatan, give us a third benefit, Father Sheikh. You enter the bathroom with your left hand, left leg. Entering on your left foot. Yeah, and then you come out with your right leg. Accent. Al khuruj min al khalai al qadam al yumna. That when you come out. Of the hammam, of the laboratory, or the khala, you come out on your right foot. Tayyib. Wa kadalika mada karahati, or karahatu, or hurmatu istiqbal kibalata, or istidbari al kibalata. Another benefit is the hatred or the, the sanctity of facing the kibla. Some scholars say it's haram. Some say it's hated that you face the Qibla while you're using the bathroom or you turn your back to the Qibla. وَقَالَ بَعْضُهُمْ أَنَّ هَذَا عَلَىٰ تَعْرِيمٍ وَقَالَ الْآخُرُونَ هَذَا عَلَىٰ الْكَرَاحَةِ Some scholars they say this is haram as the Prophet prohibited and some scholars say it's hated. وَالْعُلَمَ يَخْتَلِفُونَ بِشَيْءٍ آخَرِ The scholars differ about something else. The Prophet was seen. His back was in there. Right, since he was seen using the bathroom, his back was facing the Qibla. So some scholars say, "It's allowed if you are in, in the bathroom." Accent. Right, if you are dakhil, if you are inside, فلا حرج. Then there's no issue there. There's no harm there. وأن الأصل هنا أو أن المراد هنا بهذا الحديث حديث أبي أيوب الأنصاري أن هذا إذا العبد يكون خارج هذا القول. That some scholars say the Hadith Abi Ayyub al Ansari is talking about if you're outside. The scholars differ there. Wallahualam. Taib. Aina wa sallam. Where do we stop, ya ikhwan? Qala Sa'adi rahimahallah. As Sa'adi, may Allah have mercy upon him, he continues. Qala wa la yastakbiru qibalata wa la yastadbiruha. Hala qadai hajatihi. لقول النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام إذا أتيتم القائطة فلا تستقبلوا القبلة بغائط ولا بون ولا تستدبروها ولكن شرقوا أو غربوا متفق عليه. He says, and if the person does not face the qibla while he's using the bathroom, while he's using the bathroom, he does not face the qibla. He says, based upon the statement of the Messenger Alayhi Salatu Salam that is in Bukhari and Muslim, if one of you uses the hammam, he relieves himself, he does a number two, and he should not face the qibla while doing a number two or number one, nor should he turn his back to the qibla, but rather he should turn to the east 
or to the west. He should turn to the east or to the west. So the explainer, he says, استقبال القبلة واستدبارها ورد فيه أحاديث كثيرة. He says, facing the Qibla and turning one's back to the Qibla, there are many narrations, many narrations in this regard. وقد صح وقد صحها شيخ الإسلام ابن تيمية رحمه الله أنه لا يجوز استقبالها ولا استدبارها مطلقا. وكنا هذا قبله. ابن تيمية from those who have the position that it's not allowed to face the Qibla or turn your back to the Qibla inside a building nor outside a building. And we mentioned the scholars, they differ. Some say you can't face the Qibla if you're inside or خارج البناء or if you're outside. وقال بعدهم هذا إذا يكون يكون لعبد خارج لكن إذا يكون لعبد داخل فلا حرج. And other scholars say no. This prohibition is if you're outside. Ibn Taymiyyah, Ibn Qayyim, they have the position that it's the same whether you're outside or inside. وَتَبَعَهُ Ibn Sa'adiyuhَا هُنَا And As-Sa'adi follows Ibn Taymiyyah in this regard. So what's the first opinion, Yaqwan, regarding facing the Qibla and turning your back? First opinion? First opinion is not allowed. It's not allowed. It's not allowed at all, whatsoever, if you're inside or outside. Second opinion? If you're inside, you're allowed. If you're inside, no harm there. Allah Alam. And usually you may find the scholars of Al-Fiqh, they differ regarding what is the hadith actually saying? What is the meaning of the hadith? قَالَ بِسْمِ اللَّهِ الرَّحْمَنِ الرَّحِيمِ وَتَبَعَهُ إِبْنُ سَعَدِيَ الرَّحِيمُهُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَ هُنَا So he says that Sa'di has the same position as Ibn Taymiyyah. لَا يَسْتَقْبِلُ الْقِبَلَةَ وَلَا يَسْتَقْبِلُوحَ حَالَ قَضَاءِ الْحَاجَةَ As-Sa'di, we understand from Sa'di's words here, the same as Ibn Taymiyyah. It doesn't matter if you're inside or outside, that you don't face the Qibla when you're using the Hammam and you don't turn your back to the Qibla. نَسْتَفِيدُ مِنْ هَذَا هَذِهِ الْقَضِيَّةِ أَنَّ الْإِسْلَامِ دِينٌ كَامِلٌ We benefit from this issue. Can you face the Qibla while you're using the Hammam? Do you turn your back inside or outside? This teaches the Muslim, alhamdulillah, that Islam is complete. فَدِينُنَا يَخْوَامُ الْحَمْدُلِّلَّهِ يَتَكَلَّمُ عَنْ كُلِّ أَمْرٍ مِنْ أُمُورِ عِبَادَتِي الْعَبْدِ عِبَادَتِي الْعَبْدِ Islam teaches us every aspect of the servant's life. Every aspect of worship. There are narrations. How does a man go to his wife? It's allowed to do this, it's not allowed to do that. We have proofs, narrations regarding going to the masjid. وعندنا 
بعضو السنن تعلم يعلمنا النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام كيف أن يذهب العبد إلى الخلاء. We have narrations from our religion from the Prophet عليه الصلاة والسلام who teaches us how to even go to the bathroom. MashaAllah. So this shows Islam is complete. قال ولم يقول إلا في البنيان. And Asadi did not say he did not say unless you're inside. فنستفيد من هذا أنه يرى إذا ما ذهب إليه ابن تيمية وغيره رحمهم الله تعالى. So this shows from Saadi's words that he's saying the same as Ibn Taymiyyah and Ibn Qayyim and those scholars that had that opinion. And many of the companions also had that opinion. قال بل أطلقا but rather he mentioned it without no restrictions. فدل على أن هذا الاختيار ولأنه اختاره شيخ الإسلام ابن تيمية والأحاديث التي فيها أن النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام قد استقبل القبلة واستدبرها محمولة على العذر أو محمولة على الخصوصية. طيب. So now he brings a tremendous point. He said Ibn Taymiyyah has the position, Sa'di has the position, and other scholars have the position that it's the same if you're inside or outside. He says, however, there are few narrations in which it mentions that the Messenger of Allah himself faced the Qibla or turned his back to the Qibla. So how do we understand that? He says, First possibility is that this is understood that when the Prophet did it, his action opposes his speech because he has an excuse here. He was given an udhur. The Prophet did it, but he has an udhurun islamiyun, an Islamic reason to do that. It's the first possibility. The Prophet has an excuse. The second possibility is that this is from that which is specific for the Messenger of Allah. This is for that which is specific for the Messenger of Allah. محمولةً ثالثةً And we're going to give you a third possibility. The Shaykh mentioned two. The first, the Prophet had an excuse. The second, this is from that which is specific for the Prophet. And the third, The third possibility is like those other scholars, they say, that it's only if you're outside. It's only if you're outside. So there are three ways to look at it. When we ask you, the Prophet of Allah was seen facing the Qibla or turning his back to the Qibla. So how do you understand <coughs> that you don't turn your back to the Qibla and you don't turn your and you don't face the Qibla? First possibility, the Prophet had an excuse. Second possibility, this is from the Khususiyyat al-Nabi. This is from those things that are specific and allow for the Prophet. Third possibility, the meaning of the hadith is if you're outside, but if you're inside, it's okay if you face the Qibla or turn your back to the Qibla. So there are three ways to understand that nas, that text. Wallahu ta'ala a'ala wa a'lam and Allah the Most High knows best. Ta'ib. Al-Rajih wallahu a'lam استقبال قبلة في البناء وفي خارج البناء لأن النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام أطلقه. The strongest opinion and Allah knows best 
is to do what? Is to not face the Qibla and not turn your back to the Qibla if you're inside or if you're outside. Why is that? Because the Prophet mentioned it unrestrictedly. He didn't say if you're inside and he didn't say if you're outside. This will be the strongest opinion <coughs> to stay away from the prohibition of the Prophet. Wallahu a'lam in a lot of space. Qala Sa'di, Sa'di continues. Qala Fayda Qada Hajatahu. So when the person finishes relieving himself, he cleanses himself with three rocks or three stones or the likes of it. في زماننا هذا العبد لا يستخدم أحجارا كثيرة يستخدم مثلا ما في محلها مثل المنادين مثل الأوراق مثل ما أشبه ذلك Nowadays a person may not use rocks to cleanse himself or stones or boulders so he may use what's in place of it like paper towel or tissue or paper or the likes. In order to cleanse and purify the area. And then he uses water. And it's sufficient for the person to use one of them. So it's allowed for a person to use tissue or rocks and water. And it's also allowed to choose one of them. If the water gets you clean, use the water. If the paper towel gets you clean, use the paper towel. It's allowed to make the ikhtisar of one of them. Can you use paper towels over water? Can you use paper towels over water? What do you mean? Use the water first in the paper towels? One of them. Like you, use one. you can choose one as it comes in the hadith. The way the Imam is mentioning here, as he says, thumma, and then use this. When you look at the narrations, a lot of people say that. They think that if you have water, you have to use water. If you have tissue or rocks, you can't use water. This is from the ishtihadat of some scholars. But the proof has more right to be followed. There's no proof from the Quran and Sunnah that water outweighs tissue or paper towels. Or paper towels or tissue outweighs water. It appears. The goal is that you use one of them or the likes of them to cleanse yourself or both of them. But there's no Quran and Sunnah to show paper has more right, water has more right, or which one is stronger. Somebody may say, Somebody may say, well, water is the origin of purification. Yes, the origin. Water is the origin. But that doesn't mean that you can't use tissue. It doesn't mean that it's haram if I use both. You can use both here. Why? If you don't feel yourself as clean as you should with the paper towel, so use the water or put the water first or the paper towel second. Alhamdulillah. The point is that you purify your area, you cleanse your area.
Paper towel would not be technically istijmal. Istijmal is khas bil ahjar. Khas bil ahjar. Lakin al manadid fi mahalli al ahjar. La yusama istijmaran. Lakin fi mahalli istijmar. Using rocks and stones is istijmar. Istijmar is specific for rocks. Istijmara. The person uses rocks or stones to cleanse himself after using the bathroom. However, if you use paper towels or tissue, that's not called istijmal, because it's not rocks or stones, but it's in place of it. It's in place of it. Tayammum is in place of wudu. But tayammum is not called wudu. It's a specific type of tahara. No, that's a good question. Istijmal khasun bi ahjar. Istijmal, the word istijmal is specific for rocks or pebbles or stones. Istinja is just for water, right? Istinja is just for water. <laughs> we don't have any water. <laughs> you can use water. We don't have no water, for example. Right? So we use paper towels instead of water. So we can't call using the paper towels istinja. Istinja is khas, istijmal is khas. Istinja is specific, and istijmal is specific. Istinja is when you use water. Istijmal is when you use pebbles or rocks. And those words are specific. Those words are specific. The look at the Arabic and the Arabic language. Ta'ayyat. So when the person finishes using the hammam, he uses pebbles or rocks. The definition, today's, tonight's first definition of an istijmar. What is istijmar? He says istijmar is Wiping the traces of the urine or the number two with rocks or the likes of rocks can be pebbles, can be stones. Mashu kharij. The person wipes, or you could say cleanses the traces. Of the remaining of the urine and the ghaib number two with rocks or the likes of rocks. This is called istijmar. Bil ahjar. Oh, we have. So wiping, cleansing the traces of the urine or the number two with rocks or the likes of the rocks. No.
قال وسمي استجمارا ان اسكار استجمار اشتقاقا من الجمرات وهي الحصيات او حصيات الصغيره it's called istijmar because it's derived from the jamarat those small pebbles those small rocks لان الغالب عليها انها تكون كجمر النار في صغرها ويستجمر اي ياخذ ثلاثه احجار so usually usually it's called or istijmar is called istijmar because it's derived from the word al-jamarat the jamarat those small little stones little pebbles and usually it's from the takunu ka jamrinna fi sigriha and those pebbles of fire they're small pebbles so it's called mas iftah al-baba and it's called istijmar because the person takes three rocks or pebbles ويمسح اثر الخارج من البول او الدبر and the person wipes or cleanses the area the outside area uh, of the the back side for example or the front side so this is called istijmara or istajmara it comes from jamarat those small pebbles those small rocks قال وقوله ونحوها and when the imam says and the likes of it the likes of it he says the meaning here and the likes of it يدل على أنه يجوز الاستجمار بغير بغير أحجار أي بكل شيء ينقي he says, meaning it's allowed to make the istijmar with something outside of rocks and stones. You can cleanse yourself with other than rocks and pebbles, as he says, or the likes of it. So this shows that if you don't have pebbles, you don't have stones, you can still uh, make istijmar, you can still cleanse yourself with anything that you have doesn't have to be stones doesn't have to be rocks it can be tissue it can be paper it can be leaves it can be clothes whatever you have in order to purify yourself the only thing you can't use are those things that are prohibited and they want to come inshallah now Jarumi jarumu Next thing I want you to write down the wisdom, the wisdom of istijmar. What's the wisdom here? The wisdom is to remove those impurities. And yadhaba jarumu to remove those impurities. Jarmu and Najasa. And yet have a Jarmu and Najasa. And Hikma, the wisdom here is to remove 
those impurities. Meaning those things that may stick to you, that's those things that are impure, may stick to your body. The person removes this, this filth, the traces of the urine or the number two. He uses the stones or the rocks to remove such impurities. قال والاستجماع والاستنجاء بالماء بعدها أفضل. So the explainer he says. The next point we have is using water. الاستنجاء الاستنجاء. He says using the water in order to cleanse yourself after using the hammam is better. Is better. Now he agrees with a Sa'di. He says that the person <coughs> begins with the rocks and then the water. This is better. However, this tartib is not mentioned by proofs. You don't find in the Sunnah, the Messenger of Allah saying, using rocks first and then water is better. This is from the Ishtihadah and the positions of some of the great Imams of Al-Islam from the Masadi. To use both of them together is better. Some scholars say no, don't use them both together and you don't have no proof to do so. At any rate, that's from some Ishtihadah also. مثل العلماء الذين يقولون المسح في الوضوء لا يكون إلا على الخف إلا على الخف Like some scholars who have the position that when you make the masah, when you make wudu, you only can wipe over the leather socks. The socks I have here, the cotton socks, according to some scholars, you can't wipe over the, leather, the, the cotton socks. Because it's only proof that the Messenger of Allah used the leather socks. لكن ما كان عندهم في ذلك However, in the time of the Messenger of Allah, there's no narration that they had other socks besides that. All they had was the book. <coughs> that was their sock. The leather sock. But some scholars say you only can wipe over the leather socks. Most or a lot of the scholars of the, Han uh, the Hanafi Madhab, they take that position. They're strong in that position that you only can wipe over the leather socks. Because there's no proof to use other than that. وهذا صحيح ما عندنا دليل على ذلك لأن كما قلنا الجورة في زمان النبي الخفان and that's true in the time of the messenger of Allah the only sock that they had was the leather sock they didn't have different material for their socks and a lot of things so that's a position other scholars they say يجوزوا المس على الخفين وعلى غير الخفين مثلوا Ibn Taymiyyah wa al ta'ala. Some scholars they say you can wipe over the khuf and the cotton socks, and other than that, like Ibn Taymiyyah and Shaykh Taymiyyah, and other than them, may Allah have mercy upon them. Sa'adi continues. 
Next point. You don't cleanse yourself. You don't make the istijmar with roof or like the dung of animals or the bones of animals. As the Messenger of Allah, he prohibited using dung and using bones. My thing is not working. What's the spelling? A roof. Alif Lam Ra. Wow, fat. Alif Lam Ra. Wow, fat. roof. In English, a dung. D U N G. Dung. D U D O. D U N G. Wal Ibam. And bones. And bones. As the Messenger Ali Salatu Salam, he prohibited using the dung. قال فقد ثبت في أحاديث أو في حديث كثيرة في حديث كثيرة أن النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام نهى أن يستجمر بالعظم والروف. There are many أحاديث he says in which the Messenger of Allah forbade a man or a woman cleansing themselves using bones or dung. The dung yahwan is the extremist of an animal. The feces of an animal. Qala naha an Nabi alayhi salatu salam an yustajmara bil'idham warroof. The Messenger of Allah forbade that a person uses bones to cleanse himself or roof. Qala Nabi innaha la yutahiran. And one narration the Messenger of Allah says, verily they do not purify. They do not purify. وَهَذَا مِنْ حَدِيثِ الْإِمَامَ الْدَارُقُطُنِي In this wording here, they do not purify, comes in the wording of Imam al-Darqutuni. From the hadith of Abu Huraira. From the hadith of Abu Huraira. Collected by Imam al-Darqutuni. وَقَالَ حَدِيثٌ صَحِيحٌ And he said this hadith is sahih. Narrated by Abu Huraira. And was the Messenger of Allah said, إِنَّهَا لَا يُطَهِرَانَ that the, the, the bones and the roof, they do not purify, meaning you cannot cleanse yourself using them. And in one narration, the Messenger of Allah, he used the hammam. And one of the companions went to find something for him to purify himself with. And the man found some dung and some, some rocks. And he gave it to the Prophet. And the Prophet, alqa a roof. He took the dung and threw it. And he said, this is rijis. This is impure. And this wording in which the Prophet took the dung and tossed it aside. And said, And he said, very, this is filthy. This is impure. This is from the hadith of Al-Bukhari. Now read about Ibn Mas'ud. So in one narration, called Nabi, إِنَّهَا لَا يُطَهِرَانَ In one narration, he said, they do not purify. عِنْدَ الْإِمَامَ اقْتَارَ قُطُنِي مِنْ حَدِيثَ بِهُ رَيْرَةِ In another wording, or another hadith, أَلْقَى الْرَوْثَةِ وَقَالَ إِنَّهَا رُجِسٌ In another hadith, collected by 
Bukhari, narrated by Ibn Mas'ud, the Prophet took the roth and threw it, tossed it aside, and said, This is impure, this is rijis. Rijis is something filthy, impure. Wafi hadith in Akha. There are many hadith here. Another narration. Another narration, Ikhwan, collected by Imam Tirmidhi and Imam Abu Dawood from the hadith of Ibn Mas'ud. The Messenger of Allah said that the dung and the bones are the food of your brothers from the jinn. Are the food of your brethren or your brothers from the jinn. He says, meaning the bones are their food. The bones are their food. Another benefit. It is not proper to cleanse yourself, to make istinja with water or paper rather that has something noble written on it have something noble something honorable written on the paper you shouldn't use the likes of that to purify yourself مثلاً أن يأخذ العبد مثلاً صحيفة من الكتاب صحيفة من القرآن مثلاً أو التوراة مثلاً أو الإنجيل مثلاً أو أي ورقة فيها تشريف الأولى اجتناب ذلك The person purifies himself using paper from the Quran or paper from any noble book the Torah, the Injil or the likes of this anything that has some honor on it from paper, some noble, something honorable is better to stay away from the likes of that he says, this is haram. He says, also, taking a paper that has some knowledge on it. It can be religious or not religious. It has something beneficial on it. It has something honorable on it. It's better not to use the likes of that. No. Qala bismillahir rahmanir rahim. وَكَذَلِكَ كُلُّ مَا لَهُ حُرُمًا Al-Sa'di says also anything that has some sanctity on it then it's better not to use it. قَالَ بَابُ Next chapter إِزَالَةُ النَّجَاسَةِ وَالْأَشْيَاهِ النَّجَسَةِ Chapter of removing those impurities. Or those things that are impure. The chapter of removing those things from your body, your garment, or your area. How to remove those things that are impure. قَالَ سَعْدِي وَيَكْفِي فِي غُسْلِ النَّجَاسَةِ عَلَى الْبَدَنِ أو الثوب أو البقعة أو غيرها أن تزول أن تزول عينها عن المحل. He says it's sufficient to wash those impurities from your body. If you have something that's nudges on your on your person on your body, it's sufficient that you wash it off. Just that you remove it itself. Or 
a soul. You have something impure on your garment. It's sufficient just to wipe, wash it off. Wash it off. Or you have something impure. Fit In your area. In your area. Your carpet. Your sitting area. For example. Your furniture. It's sufficient that you wash it. And tazula aynaha anil mahad is sufficient that you remove the thing itself. You wash the thing off. It's no longer there. You wash it. That's sufficient. لِأَنَّ الشَّارِعَ لَمْ يَشْتَرَطَ فِي جَمِيلِ غُسْلِ النَّجَاسَاتِ عَدَدًا And then he brings a tremendous point of fiqh. He says, because in the legislation of Islam, it's not a condition in every washing of something that's impure that it has to be done a certain number. There's only a few things that Islam says, wash this seven, wash this nine, wash this. There's only a few in instances. So it's not a condition that there's a number in every washing that's impure. You have some urine on your person, on your person. There's not a narration that mentions how many times to wash it off you. مثلاً يَبُولُ عَلَيْكَ إِبْنُكَ أَوْ تَبُولُ عَلَيْكَ إِبْنَتُكَ لَمْ يَشْتَرِطُ عَدَدٌ فِي إِزَالَةِ هَذِهِ النَّجَاسَةِ مِنْكَ عَدَدًا Someone, a child, boy or, or girl, urinates upon you and it's on your body. The Quran and Sunnah doesn't mention how many times you have to wash it. So he's saying, in the things that you wash that's impure, there's not a number that's mentioned. There's only a few instances of things that you have to wash a certain number of times. And then he mentions one of them. Except for the impurities of the dog. The impurities of the dog. And the scholars differ in this regard, ya ikhwan. The lu'ab of the kalb. قَالَ بَعْضُ الْعُلَمَاءِ مِنَ الْمَالِكِيَّةِ أَنَّ لُعَابِ الْكَلْبِ لَيْسَتْ نَجَسَةِ وَهَذَا الْقَوْلِ عِنْدَ الْمَالِكِيَّةِ The scholars differ. They all agree that if the, the saliva of the dog gets on you, you have to wash it. They agree to that as the hadith is going to come. But they differ. Is the saliva itself impure or not? The strongest opinion is that it's impure. But many scholars of the Maliki Madhab take the position that the dog's saliva is not impure. So they differ in that regard. Al-Sa'di has the position that most scholars have. That the saliva of the dog and the likes is najas. But other scholars differ. Regarding when you wash the saliva of the dog, there's a narration that the Messenger of Allah mentions you wash it seven times. And one of the reports, the Messenger says, from the seven washings, the first washing use dirt, and then the sixth use water. There's another wording. It says the six use water, and then the last you use uh, dirt. It is anything. It's cloth, or it's just for the dishes or something, or is it 
Specific question. The saliva of the dog, is it just for your dishes or no? It appears it's for the clothing, it's for the dishes, anything that the saliva of the dog can get on. For example, you can even say your body also, although the narration mentions a dish. The wording mentions a dish. Now that's a good question. Diet. The explaining he mentions. He says, where Sa'di says, it's sufficient that you wash those things that are impure from your body, your garment, or your area. It's sufficient to just remove them. It's sufficient to just remove them. He says, we mentioned earlier, previously, that purification is the first condition from the conditions of the authenticity of the salah. He says, so now we're going to explain the second condition. And that is removing those things that are impure. <coughs> if you have something that's najas on your body, on your garment, in your area, you have to izalatuha. You have to remove it. The person is about to pray. And he notices he has some urine on his garment. He can't pray in that garment until he removes first that impurity from the garment. Question. The person, the prayer is about to leave, the time of the prayer, and all he has is this one garment. The person, the prayer time is about to leave. He only has one garment and he does not have the ability to wash the garment. What does he do? Abdul Fatah. He doesn't have the water. He only has one garment and it's about to be, the prayer is about to leave. No, he made the wudu, but his garment. His garment. What does he do? No, he can play with it because he has a wudu. He has wudu, no other garment. He has no other way to cleanse it. No Torah, nothing. No, nothing. One thought, and it's almost time to, the prayer is about to leave. Can he take it off? That's a good point. He cut it, rip it off. Mashallah. His knee is there. He doesn't have anything else. <laughs> Take it off. And that's hours exposed. Allah says, Fear Allah as much as you are able. Fear Allah to the best of your ability. And He doesn't have no other thought. If he takes his stove off, now his hour is exposed. He has to pray. 
Alright, the prayer is about to leave. He can't wash it. If he can wash it, he has to wash it. He has no dirt. If he has dirt, he has to get it off. He has nothing to do. So, he still prays. He fears Allah to the best of his ability. Some of the brothers in the prison, they ask many times. They say, we're in the hole, مثلا. Many of the brothers in the prison, they say, sometimes we're in the hole and it's time to pray. We're naked. They throw us in there. They don't have any clothes. It's a condition. You have to cover your aura to pray. So what do we do? We don't pray here? You say, no, you fear Allah to the best of your ability. You just wait until that time. And you wait, you fear Allah. Now the prayer is about to go. I have to pray. You cover yourself best you can. But you fear Allah, you may stand different. You may cover yourself best you can. You fear Allah and you offer the salah. And there's no sin upon you. Because this is a command from Allah. Fattakullaha. Fear Allah to the best of your ability. This is a principle in every aspect of worship. The one who can't move his hand in the prayer. He has some, his, what's the word? Paralyzed accent. He can't move his arm. So here, it's a sunnah to place your right on your left. He can't move his arm. What does he do? Free Allah to the best of his ability. And there's no sin on him. The one who can't stand, he only can sit. When it's time to pray, he doesn't pray. No. Free Allah to the best of your ability. Like eating and drinking. He can't raise his right hand. What he's not going to eat and drink? Oh, I have to eat with my right hand. Yes, you do. But you're forgiven. What do you mean I'm forgiven? You can't move your right hand. So I can eat with my left? Yes. There's no sin on me? No. Why? Allah says, fear Allah to the best of your ability. So he eats and he drinks. If you can move it, move it. <coughs> you can't move it, you fear Allah by your ability. You drink, bismillah, and you eat with your left. For example, this is a principle in every aspect of our religion. Alhamdulillah. What about if somebody like urinate and some drops get into his clothes but mm. he, he forgot to, uh, the time of prayer comes and he didn't know where what and was those drops mm, that he, he forgot he forgot now uh, what should he do there is no clothes and he is far away he should do the same thing or? so now he remembers later some scholars say he has to repeat that salah and some scholars say no he doesn't have to repeat it because he forgot it they differ there some of the ulama they differ are you sinful for something you're ignorant of forgetfulness is a uh, an Islamic excuse. A nisyan, you forgot. Don't didn't remember. Does he have to go back and pray again? At that time he forgot. But then he remembered. Ah. Oh. 
I had to cleanse my soul, I remember. So some scholars say, most scholars say, he has to go back and pray that salat again. Now which part of the clothes he should wash? Now if he doesn't know, it's one thing that maybe I got some urine on me. That's why we should be careful when we use the hamam ikhwan. Try to raise your garments best you can. Try to madha and tajlisu. Try to sit down and squat down and raise your garments as high as you have the ability to. Or take them off if you can. If you're in a place that can nobody see you to the best of your ability. That's better, ikhwan and awla. However, if you don't know, that's different. So maybe he got something on, maybe he didn't. He's going by ikhtiyatan. There's a precaution that I got something on me. But he doesn't know for sure. That's different between the one who knows. The one who maybe I got some urine on me. Maybe. Most likely. But this one knows. That's two different things. You can't really remove something you don't know if it's there or not. That's different. Huh? Hey, I said that's a principle, Yahwan. That certainty is not removed from doubt. That's a principle in our religion. That if you're certain of something, I'm certain I made wudu for Maghrib. I'm the man is certain. I remember making wudu. I remember. I'm certain I made wudu. I remember. But now I have some doubt. Did I break my wudu or not? I remember making it. But I'm doubtful. Did I pass gas? Did I use the bathroom? Did I go to sleep? What? He's doubtful. Is he still in wudu? Yes. Certainty is not removed from doubt. That's in our religion. So anytime you're uncertain, the man, don't laugh at Juan. Huwa fi salah. He's in the prayer. Thumma sami'a sawtan. Lakin, la yatayakkan hal hadha min duburihi madhalan aw min batunihi aw min ayyi makana fi jasadihi. Hal alayhi an yujadida wudu'ahu min jadid am la. The man is in the salah. And he hears something. But he doesn't know. Was that my stomach? Was it some parts of my body? Was it my, my butt butt? What, what? He doesn't know. He's not certain. Did I pass gas? Was that... Did I do... Did I pass gas or no? If he's doubtful, there's nothing on him to do. As the Messenger of Allah said, Hatta sami'a sawtan aw yajida rihan as it comes in the hadith, the sunnah. The Messenger of Allah says, he should not leave to go make a wudu unless he hears a sound or he smells something. You have to be certain. Hearing a sound is a way to be certain or smelling something. So now he's in the salah. He thinks he did something, he broke wind. But he's not sure. Then he smells something. Had a delay. That's his proof. Or he hears something from his butt, his buttocks. He hears it. Oh, I gotta make wudu. Or yajida rihan. Or he smells it. Sometimes you can. Oh, stop. He smells himself. So he has to go make that. <laughs> 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 he 
<laughs> Sometimes you have to tell somebody, hey, that wasn't me, Yaqi, go, go. <laughs> Not like that, <laughs> At any rate, and Yaqeenu la yazul So certainty is not removed by doubt. If you don't know, sometimes you, your stomach can make a sound. Your stomach. And he does, oh, was that my stomach? Or was that my backside? He's, he doesn't know. He's, he's doubtful. He didn't break his wudu. He knows. The man is making wudu. He hears the sound. And he knows that wasn't my stomach. That was my, my backside. He has to go make wudu. He has to have proof. One of the proofs is the sound, a salt. Here's the sound. Sometimes in the message, it's all of us. You hear the sound. Everybody's looking around, trying to see who it was. <laughs> that happens, And that shows we have to focus more in the salah. A lot of times, the companions, they were so focused. Allah Akbar. As if they weren't real people. Flies will land on them, animals will land on them, they will be wounded. Arrows and he's still in the salah. That's that that khushur that they have, that, that that focus and concentration that they have. Many of us we have no concentration. Everything breaks our salah. Everything. The man sneezes. Alhamdulillah. Oh, you just broke my my salah, ya akhi. No, that's alhamdulillah. That shouldn't break the salah. At any rate, that shows our khushur, naqasa, that our concentration a lot of times, madha is deficient. We have to have that khushur. What's one of the best ways to have khushur in your song? That you ponder, reflect, or what's being recited. And this shows the importance of us learning Arabic. So if the person doesn't study Arabic, how is he going to understand what Allah is saying? Allah's words are in Arabic. If I study Quran in English, when the Imam recites, no matter how beautiful, mashallah, no matter how much I cry, because you can cry from beauty. You can cry. Some of the non-Muslims, when they hear their then, they cry. Mashallah. How many times in a Muslim land <coughs> you have a non-Muslim there and they hear the Adhan and they cry and they say, I don't know what he's saying. I don't know what that means. But it's so beautiful. So beautiful. That happens. Sometimes my ummi, you're playing Quran and she's just crying. Oh, I don't know what he's saying, but mashallah, mashallah, that's so beautiful. That's beautiful. So you can cry from the beauty of something. Sometimes you go to some parks and you see the waterfall and the sky and the river and you just shed tears from the beauty of it. That can happen. However, you're not going to cry. But you're never going to cry from pondering over the Quran if you don't know what Allah is saying. So this should be a reminder for all of us that we have to study something from the Arabic language. We have to study something, shukran, from the Arabic language. 
uslub tadabbur ya ikhwan and yata'allam al-abdu kayfa yusalli an-nabi alayhi salatu wasalam another way to have khushu' in your prayer is to learn those ahadith that teach us how the prophet used to pray wa kadhalika an nudhakkir anfusana qad takunu hadhihi salatu akhira salatin lana another way to focus on your prayer is to remind ourselves that this prayer could be our last prayer. إِذَا لَعَبْدُ يُذَكِّرُ نَفْسَهُ قَبْلَ أَنْ يُكَبِّرْ وَيَقُولِ فِي نَفْسِهِ لَعَلَى هَذِي صَلَاةُ آخِرُ If we say to ourselves, if we have the honor to pray, inshallah, in Hamar Samiyakwan, in a few minutes, if we have the honor to remind ourselves, لَعَلَى هَذِي صَلَاةُ آخِرُ صَلَاةٍ لَنَا if we all say to ourselves, I want you to say this to yourself, Yahwa, and we'll remind, inshallah. Before you make Allahu Akbar, before you say that Allahu Akbar, remind yourself that perhaps this is gonna be or this could be my last prayer. And watch how you pray. You don't have to be no one else's judge. Hey Massey, say this, I'ma watch you, I'ma be the judge. No, you be your own judge. After Fatah, you remind me, I'm going to check you out. You, no, no, you be your judge, I'll be my judge. You say to yourself, perhaps this salah is my last salah. And say it in your heart. Watch your recitation. Watch your qiyam. Watch, you're not worried about your phone now. No, no, no. You're not worried about the kids. You're not worried about the wife. You're not worried about the house. You're not worried about the job. You're worried about mother. More people come. If you had a dunya. You're only going to be worried about your position right now and when you stand in front of Allah Ta'ala. Watch. When you remind yourself. You're reading the Quran. You say, perhaps this is the last time I read the Quran. Watch how you read the Quran. You make a wudu. Say to yourself, While you're making wudu, say to yourself, perhaps this is the last time I'm going to make wudu. Watch how much water you save now. Watch the concentration you have putting the water on your face and your hands and your mouth and your nose. Watch when you walk to the masjid. Drive into the masjid. Ask yourself the next time you come to the masjid driving. Perhaps this is the last time I'm going to have to drive to the salah. Watch how you focus. You're going to turn everything off that distracts you now. Hey, I'm going to call you back, mashallah. Perhaps this is the last time I get to drive to the salah. Watch. When you stand for the salah, imagine. Watch, Yahwah. You be your own judge. You say, Ya Naimu, la'ala hadi salatu akhir salatin laka. Undur kefanu salat. You say to yourself, perhaps this is the last prayer I'm going to pray. Watch how your, your standing is. Watch yourself in ruku'r. Watch yourself in sujood. Watch yourself in tashakhul. I guarantee you, if we did this every salah, we're going to have khushur in our prayer. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. And it's okay to remind each other, hey, Kama Qa'an Nabi Ali Sallallahu Sallu Salataka Al Muwadda'. As the Prophet of Allah used to say sometimes, pray this prayer as if it's your farewell prayer. And then he would commence with the Allah Akbar. Reminding the people, this could be your last salah. Pray as if this is your last salah. Watch your salah. You don't have to judge no one else. No. I'm going to judge me. If I believe that, Watch how you stand. 
watch your qiyam and your ruku' and your rafi' and ruku' and your sujood and your tashahud. Watch ikhwah. You'll be amazed. That simple benefit there, reminding yourself that one day you're going to die. Then had the wa'adun min rabbina subhanahu wa ta'ala to end. Salaamu alaykum. That's a commandment from our Lord that one day we're all going to die. Qala Rabbuna subhanahu wa ta'ala kullu nafsin da'iqatul mawt al-ayah Allah Ta'ala says every soul is going to taste death Unzur ila uslubi kalam Allah Look at how Allah said it Ma qala kullu nafsin satamut La Allah didn't say every soul is going to die That's understood Ma qala Allah Ta'ala hakadha Allah didn't say it like that Look at how Allah said it Kullu nafsin da'iqatul mawt He says every soul is going to taste death it's going to taste death. فعلينا أن نذكر أنفسنا يا إخوان بأن الصلاة كل الصلاة لعلها تكون آخر الصلاة لنا والله تعالى وعلم that we have to remind ourselves that this salah, every salah that we get the honor to pray, that perhaps this our last salah. والله عالم من يريد أن يؤذن يا إخوان who wants to call it then إن شاء الله. نقول إذن. Allah